<laughs> yeah, he is dead. But do you, the, but the reason behind why he was dead was was just like was, was up for debate. <laughs> yeah, because you know, in accurate history, we're we're telling the history to best of our ability. And in Pete's case, uh, Abraham Lincoln. Abraham Lincoln was uh, in a strip club, and that's why he got shot. Um, oh, Mrs. Lincoln, oh. Mrs. Lincoln didn't like that. She found out she got jealous. Exactly. So John Will Booth, he was just the background protecting the president. But guess what? It was actually Mrs. Lincoln who shot Mr. Lincoln. Went clack clack. But guess what? John Will Booth got the frame for it. We are frame. Well, I got my information from Wikipedia, but I can believe it enough to say that's true. I think it's reliable. <laughs> it's a reliable source. Everybody manipulates it. <laughs> it's reliable enough. If enough people say it's true, it's true. <laughs> lies are just facts that haven't been repeated enough yet. And if you want me to say that again, lies are just facts that haven't been repeated enough yet. He who controls the past controls the future. He who controls the present controls the past. And then he who controls the future just does nothing. <laughs> He <laughs> who controls the future controls the past, thus controlling the present. Yes. And that's why it's always a gift. I love metaphors. Tomorrow is a gift. And today sucks. <laughs> <laughs> What's happening, everybody? Welcome back to Improvatory, the podcast that tells stories through improv. Uh, that was a nice little intro right there of depression there, but hey. <laughs> <laughs> so, so with with this month's episode, we're going to do something uh, a little a little interesting. So, without further ado, we're just going to go. We're, we're just going to go with it. So it's everybody knows the story of Pompeii. I forgot what was it either BC or AD, but anyway, it was Pompeii. The year is irrelevant. It is the time of Pompeii. The civilization is booming. People are on the streets and working. Everything is going well. If you're upper class, and if you're not, then things are not so well. But lately in town there have been rumblings about insecurities right you see there has been land disputes over the locations located directly under the uh the nearby volcano now this town pompeii has stood here for decades perhaps centuries it's irrelevant it's been here a long time right and if you were rich you got to live higher up in the hills if you were not so lucky you lived lower down in the Right, rumblings in town about rumors late at night. You could hear something stirring in the mountain. Unusual. Now, you know, this is a town located right near a volcano. They knew this. But this volcano has laid dormant. And never before has anything happened there. And they saw no reason why there should happen anything now, right? You know, these are good, hardworking folks, and they have pleased the gods in their ways. So this, this rumbling of rumors of, you know, late night activity was up for debate on what could be causing it. And it divided the townsfolks as they argued over, you know, what did this mean? What kind of sign was it 
and what did the future hold for them? Out of the blue of that town meeting was an old man. But he was a wise old man in his 40s, as that was old in a world without proper soap and antibiotics. This man had one lazy eye, and his other eye was known as the eye of truth, because he has seen many things in his 40 years of life. Yeah, many things in 40 years. That's definitely, <laughs> that's a lot of time. <laughs> He's knowledgeable this of all. This man is considered old as dirt. By he, his town folk people. He, he he is he's he is known as the Oracle. <laughs> and the Oracle knows all. And what the Oracle sees is tomato soup. He sees glowing tomato soup shooting from the skies. Tomato soup. We both everywhere as one patron says to another patron. I think he's hungry. <laughs> <laughs> so a city council member gives him some bread and then he leaves still complaining but he takes the bread and goes as a bride <laughs> right, shouting yeah it turned out that that guy was just a local crazy man in town and he wasn't actually important <laughs> so the town mayor steps up and he shouts to the, <laughs> to the town folk my gentlemen and that's it, because women weren't allowed in here. I have gathered you here today to resolve this matter of dubious acts being carried out near our ancient sites, our very holy mountain, and to quash these rumors once and for all. I would like to tell you that our town is beholded as one of the most hardworking and well-respected towns ever for the gods we have done our part in pleasing them we have made our sacrifices we have go to church every other sunday <laughs> and we have done a great job so i don't know really what more pe you people want and i will not hear any of this moving forward the next person to try to warn anyone of any quote-unquote Duvious near our town of Pompeii will be drawn and quartered. They'll be put into the gladiator ring. Meeting adjourned. I will hear nothing else. So the mayor adjourns the meeting and the townsfolks go their separate way. Among these town folks were very simple lads named Anthony, Peter, and Deshaun. So as we adjourn the meeting, we all agree that our, we're hungry and that we're going to go meet up at the Pompeii Diner for a little bit of late night snack and coffee. And we're gonna, you know, not that we don't believe this guy, but we're gonna talk about it a little bit on our own. Because as, you know, all right, so we're walking to the diner. We're passing into the financial district of Pompeii, the rich area up in the hills. Where everybody's and it, being served it's in this location grapes. where Peter notices something strange. Beneath his sandals, the ground shakes. And he says, you guys feel that? So the the ground starts to shake, and it, it gets everybody into a stir, pretty much. And after about like give or take five seconds or so, the shaking stops, and then everything is normal. So we all are just like, okay, that was weird. 
So we go about our night, and then the next day comes. We're recovering from our little hangover from, you know, partying so much in the rich district. And when we see there's a bit of commotion in the in the this, the, the square of the the city, and so we go, yeah. So we go to the commotion, trying to figure out what's happening. When we notice that the mount the the mount the volcano Mount Vesuvius is spewing out smoke, and in the center of the group, we see the old man. Still holding his bread, but crushed by a giant of volcanic matter. See? You're already going into it, so that means everybody's running. <laughs> oh, so there's a bunch of volcanic debris and ash. But the mayor, but the mayor is saying, calm down, calm down. It's a hoax. Planted <laughs> by the... Planted by the northern Italians. But of course, it was too late for this, as ash covered the entire town. So abruptly, so quickly, and so molten hot that every person was incinerated or frozen or trapped in their tracks. So quickly that people were frozen to death in the exact action that they were carrying out, including your fellow three lads. But as this was happening, one of the gods whose responsibility it was to watch over Pompeii, a keeper of time, of mysterious identity, decided that this was not quite right, and he decided to do a do-over. So he spun back his pocket watch, and he rewound time to the next day to give the town folks another chance. But with one key caveat, no one would remember it ever happened. Except so he was one person. The crazy guy eating bread. Yes. <laughs> he alone had the foresight to save the town. Hence why he said he knows all. <laughs> but this time, he actually did. The other day, he was crazy. So, in order to test about one's faith in their fellow humanity, he gave this crazy person the truth, and he wanted to see if the citizens of Pompeii would heed him and believe their fellow fellow brother. If they would, they would survive. If not, would, yeah. But you, you know, they will suffer um, the fate yeah. that is going to be upon them. The hands of fate have been set, but now they have a chance to change it all. But will they? We shall see as time is reversed once again. Just onto. Day one, or essentially the day that Mount Vesuvius erupts once again. So us three, again, since we don't remember anything, we go out to the commotion in the Times Square. In this case, the crazy old bread man, we're going to call him the Oracle. He's trying to heed warning for everyone about what's happening and that gods are angry and uh, Zeus is going to be uh, casting his um, his ang his wrath upon them, or whoever deity that they follow. I forgot whether they were Roman or, or Greek, but anyway, don't matter. So, ash starts spewing out of the, uh, the volcano. Rock debris starts hitting everywhere. The oracle gets killed again. We're all running. We're all dispersed. But this time, something's different. 
Anthony in the first time he was pretty much at a every man for himself type deal but this time he decided to save a little girl and then Pete he's running and then he gets crushed by a building <laughs> one of the one of the structures fall right on top of him just like the first time and then I get trapped get covered in ash so Anthony is the only one left alive with the girl and then he's trapped as volcanic ash covers the city and then we failed again so then time gets restarted back but, to day one but we got further but now we're Seeing back at events, the beginning how events transpired the mystical timekeeper decided that while it was not the results he would hope did have respect because he did see you know inklings that you know humans were willing to do good in this town so instead of just wiping them away in a clean slate he rolled time back again for a third day on this experiment but this time two people would know of the future the man of bread and the child that's right we continue to the town meeting where the mayor presents his speech to the people to the rich into the middle class and maybe one poor but then a child who escorts the old man and pleads to the town people please 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 a little girl with the old man you got time right around me bread the oracle grabs the shot pulls it in close real close and tells him the truth is near before Deshaun pushes him back. What's going on? Deshaun, deeply disturbed, decided that, you know, there he had a feeling that something else was going on. So he he grabbed Pete and Deshaun and, and myself and he told us, like, guys, like some something deeper here is going on. <laughs> something ain't added. And I know <laughs> I know that right now it's just, you know, this crazy old man and this little kid like it doesn't sound real but like why would these two people you know this little girl from the financial district and this poor man that have nothing to do with each other both be saying the same thing meanwhile there's all these you know rumblings going on about people hearing and feeling disturbing things at, at night he's like this isn't right we we need to do something we, we need to do it tonight before before the morning I, I just have a feeling something's gonna happen in the morning so we all decided to hike up the mountain to see what the cause of the rumbling can be. That's right. So, you know, it, it takes us all night. Um, right before dawn, you know, we make it to the summit of Mount Vesuvius. And we stare down, you know, the, the pit directly in the, in the middle of the crater. Which is and that's when, oh. And that's when Peter notices something he hoped he would never May the gods and help us all. <laughs> and then, and my, it's a huge mistake of us doing, uh, being up here. I say, and suddenly the rumbling is uh, occurs again. And <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? That starts playing for some reason. Everybody's very disturbed. There's no. You know, they don't have home pods in this time, so they're not sure where this music is coming from. <laughs> so, so pretty much, uh, yeah. So they, they they feel the mountain starting to quake, uh, to shake, 
and the uh, the the ground starts to crumble, uh, rocks start to tumble. I'm just rhyming out of nowhere here with this, <laughs> but anyway, so the three of us were seeing that the cause of what the what the rumbling was the la- uh, the night before was coming from the mountain. The mountain is about to erupt, or in our sense, what we feel is the gods are about to unleash their wrath. So, in the midst, we try to run, which is stupid, <laughs> because at that time, Mount Vesuvius starts, uh, the, the lava within the mountain starts to rise, and it starts spewing up. It's like about ready to explode. So we're running, and we get at least about a third or so down the mountain which is still close to the top but we're 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 running as fast as we can we we're we're greek slaves with bare feet you know we we got that track speed and lava starts pouring out of the top of the mountain and sliding down behind us so unfortunately we do not outrun the lava and we are the first to be disintegrated before the town is laid to ruin, like the previous days stuck in the loop before. This time, though, when the mysterious timekeeper resets the clock, he doesn't let the bread man or the little girl remember, but he has now moved on to the next stage in his plan, and he's seen the three of us look through the mountain. So he resets the clock back to the point when we're looking down into the pits and he gives all three of us the memory of what's going on. And the rest of the town is, is wiped. They, they have no recollection of, of being erased. But now, not only do we have the memory of the previous day, but of all of them, we now know that we've, you know, Pompeii, not only have we been stuck in this time loop for the past three, four days, we've been stuck in the time loop for years. For, for decades. Constantly being reset. Constantly failing. Until the point when the three of us have finally gotten the memory and the chain of events have led up to us journeying up to the mountain. Here the timekeeper stands in the flesh in a mysterious form, hooded, and he tells us, I have, you know, I have reset this town hundreds if not thousands of times. And never before have you three made it to the mountain at this point in time exactly where I needed you to be until now. And he offers us a choice. The eruption will happen one way or another. Unless between the three of you, you can offer a sacrifice willing to please the mountain for the next decade. You will postpone the destruction of Pompeii if you can make a choice. And then he disappears. And he leaves us standing at the summit of the mountain. And then I propose to the group, bread? You gonna sacrifice a loaf of bread? <laughs> Why don't we just do the goats? <laughs> do the goats like we usually do. <laughs> Yeah, but then maybe he's tired of goats. Maybe yeah, he, he made, want he, a made it, he made it very clear it had to be the three of us at this mountain, and he doesn't say why. But he's implying that it's up to us three to decide what this sacrifice will be, and it needs to be done now. 
because if it's not done today, there will be no more, you know, uh, gifts of memory recollection. We will just be stuck in the time loop being erased and reset for the next 10 years until, you know, it's a time when these series of events can fall into a place again. It's kind of dark, man. And then I propose bread with wine. He's on it. And then Anthony <laughs> looked at the Sean and was like, Shall we push him in a broken? <laughs> and then but I'm it's like, got it. <laughs> we could, but you know, before before Deshaun tries to push Pete in the volcano, I'm like, hold up. I think it's got to be like this. All seems like a test. I don't think we can be selfish about it. I think you know it's a test of something deeper about our town and and the people here. I think we need to make, you know, the person that does this needs to make the choice themselves. And then suddenly the mountain erupts. <laughs> kills, kills us all. It <laughs> kills us all. <laughs> and then we restart. But this time, we still know, until we decide to make that sacrifice, we still know the knowledge of what's going to happen, and it's just going to keep going and going until we decide to make the sacrifice. So back again restarting but this time uh we're not at the mountain we're the night before when the quake happens we're well aware of what's happening why it's happening and we start uh and the first thing that i do is i go and find the bread man aka who i call the oracle of the ta- of uh, pompeii and try to get some answers out of him only to realize again to our knowledge, we didn't know that his memory was wiped about everything, so he's just clueless and deranged, just like he always is, and that frustrates me, and then, um... That's when you meet up with me and Pete? Yeah. And I'm like, guys, there's only one way to do this. We, this town mayor has ensued, you know, sinful thoughts into all the people of Pompeii. Before his meeting tonight, in town square we need to kidnap him and take him to the summit of the mountain and show him what we saw there and convince him that this is real and that you know that things in Pompeii are wrong and that the way that the class structure and people have been kept poor all this time is wrong and that this town needs to face its problems and can't pretend it's great or we will face the wrath of the gods only he can see this and make the change for the town people so we bust into his home, and we beat the shit out of him, and we kidnap him. Jesus. <laughs> it was the only way. All right, there's no like penicillin or whatever to like, knock people out. I don't know if that does that. So we just knock him unconscious, and we drag him up the mountain. But at the same at the same time, we're not that Ooh. slick. So we got gl- we got gladi uh, guards coming at us. We're on horseback though, going up the mountain, and we got guards chasing after us because that's right. That didn't go right. We take him up to the summit of the mountain. The guards all falling. The mayor wakes up right before we reach. It's almost dawn now, and because we're holding him basically over the crater, all the guards back off. So we wake this guy up and we point his head over the crater and we show him. We're like this. The wrath will die coming to punish us unless you make a change in our town. What you've been doing is not right. And the guards push us off to the mountain. <laughs> <laughs> and then time resets. So we're, we're so like. So this time we wake back up, and this is truly 
you know, when we wake back up, we we are given a message from the, the mysterious man. This is truly the last day that we have. You know, like basically the stars line up every ten years now. Every ten years, time you know lines up to the point where we can have this memory recollection. But today is the last day of like the summer solstice, and if it's not done today, we will be stuck this way forever. And things might never get reset again if you know it's not fixed today. The town will forever be lost in ash. Time resets fully to the night before, and we're exhausted. <laughs> we're mentally exhausted. We've experienced our death every day for a week now. <laughs> we're mentally exhausted, and we're not even down for grapes and wine or cheese and wine and stuff. We just we don't want to party. We don't want to do anything. So. But then I propose a possible answer. Perhaps the sacrifice is not one that is physical, but one that is metaphorical. Perhaps there's a deeper meaning behind the sacrifice the God wants. Perhaps the sacrifice connects to the old man to the young girl, which is time. Time is the biggest sacrifice of all. And in, and in that part of him, Pete, explaining that, I decide to sacrifice wasting my time trying to save this city. So what I do is, I, without them knowing, I just get up and I walk out of the the building that we're in partying and stuff and i go to my little shack towards the uh not the outskirts of town but like in the little rundown part of town the slums of pompeii where i grab my belongings or whatever i had coming to the town and i go for a boat meanwhile all right deshaun is leaving town Peter's trying to make the connection between the old uh, man and the young girl, you know, thinking that, like, this has to be, like, the answer that the mysterious hood man, you know, required us to find. And I am sitting there realizing that, you know, all these tests and trials, these tribulations, they weren't, they were so mysterious and vague that they weren't meant for us to solve, be solved. And as I watch Deshaun leave, and I watch Peter try to cling on to hope, you know, I understand that it's too late. And that, you know, this town has been so divided and, and wrongfully unjust for the people, most of the people living here. You know, only the people at the very top of society has ever had a life worth living. And I realize that there's no stopping the reset that's coming to happen. So I walk up. Now I take the, the journey by myself to the summit of the mountain and I make it there just before dawn and as the sun rises I sit down and I wait and I know you know as the eruptions start and I look down upon Pompeii and I realize that you know it's already been lost for this town and I hope that you know in the ash that is about to engulf us and freeze us in time that perhaps the next civilization and learn from our mistakes before it's too late for them. <laughs> the God and everything, everything gets covered in smoke and in ash as the town is engulfed and frozen forever in time. 
for the final time. Left as a reminder to all future civilizations of what can happen and what does not need to happen. Wait, where where'd you go, Pete? Uh, Pete was still in the town hall. He got he got frozen, basically trying to trying to like cling on to like that there was an answer here, and that like yeah. it could still be fixed. And so he got so frozen in town hall with uh, the old man and, and the girl trying to solve it. And the only so imagine me with a wall of yarn, just like pointing the dot. Basically, Deshaun, basically Deshaun like abandoned the fate. I accepted it, and Peter refused to like accept it. You know, acknowledge it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Damn, that that's crazy. How that all ends like that. I I'm the only survivor. I took my boat, yep. and I went my way. The only survivor with the knowledge of you know everything. <laughs> right. However, Deshaun then lives his a full life to the age of forty nine. <laughs> so when he searched to Pompeii to find you know. Walk through the ashen-covered village. He, he and as he statues. does, he rediscovers. Yeah, he rediscovers the statues, of the people he once knew and lived with. He has seen much in his time traveling the worlds of Italy. So he journeys up wearing, you know, his new, you know, he's wearing like a black robe. And you can see in his eyes that he's learned much from his time away from Pompeii and the, you know, the enormous amount of years. And he pulls out an hourglass from his section and he stares at the hourglass and he stares at the town covered in ash. He walks up to the summit of the mountain where obviously my body was totally, you know, annihilated. But he senses, you know, the presence of where I was during the final moments of it. And he decides, you know, selfishly that he can't be the only one anymore. And he takes the hourglass and puts it down and screams to the gods for one more chance. Well, that is our... <coughs> that, that was our... Sorry for all my sniffling. <laughs> I was sniffling too. But that was our uh, story for this month. Um, if you guys haven't already, uh, if you guys do enjoy uh, us, our, our stories that we've been doing for the past two and a half years two years or so i mean please do uh like subscribe comment share give us five star ratings we're on itunes and spotify and all this other extra stuff you know where to reach us um but yeah um catch us uh next month and uh yeah